Welcome to Clear Picture Carers. I'm your host, Jason Noble, and with me today, I have Captain Mike Michaels from the Salvation Army. We're going to have such a fun conversation today. We're looking forward to it. Well, this is the focus on creating awareness, educating our community, and engaging them on how they could get involved. And I have, I want to get started with what was the, the driving purpose or the passion that led you to getting involved with the Salvation Army? Well, uh, I, I, I told you earlier, I love to tell stories. Let me tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, my parents uh, grew up in a little town in southern West Virginia. They both went to two different churches there. Uh, when they got married, they moved to Washington, D.C. And they started trying to attend churches at the, in Washington, D.C., and they found them to be very big and impersonal, and they were kind of sort of giving up on it. And, and my mom one day, on a Sunday, when my dad was working uh, at a laundromat, she saw a bus pull up that had a Salvation Army shield on the side of it. And she very quickly wrote down the number that she saw on the side of the bus. And she called him and said, what are you, what are you doing? Why, why were you picking up people on a Sunday? And they said, well, we were taking them to church. And she goes, oh, we're looking for a church. Could we come to the Salvation Army? And they said, yeah. And they said, she says, how? They said, just be at that lottery man at that time. We'll pick you up. So she and I went the next Sunday. And then dad, went the next time he had a Sunday off, he went. And they fell in love with the Salvation Army. And they became Salvation Army officers. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it's a church. It is a church, and they, as officers, also became ordained ministers in the Salvation Army. And so I grew up in this culture. I mean, I was about three when they met the Army. Yeah. But I grew up in this culture, and so uh, I went to church with my parents, of course, and I saw the work that the Salvation Army did. And so whenever I finished college with my IT degree, I said, you know what? IT, I love IT. I really would like to be on the bleeding edge, you know, jet propulsion, that's, that kind of stuff. But I love the work of the Salvation Army. I would like to help them out. I would like to help them do computers. And so I was a computer professional for the Salvation Army for about 25 years. Oh, wow. And of course, because I grew up in the Salvation Army, people knew me. And because my parents were officers, people were always kind of poking at me saying, you know, you probably ought to be an officer. You ought to, you know, go to full-time ministry. And I would go, well, you know, if God ever speaks that into my life, then I will do that. But if he doesn't, I'm happy doing IT. I am, I am great doing IT. I'm pretty good at that. And one day God spoke it into both me and my wife's life that he wanted us to be Salvation Army officers. And so we did. And it was, I joke all the time, this was our midlife crisis. So <laughs> here we are in our 40s. We, we sold everything. We went to seminary. Uh, we, we did two years of intensive uh, Salvation Army seminary training. We walked out of that with a, with a degree. We walked out of that with a commission as a Salvation Army officer. We were lieutenants. And we walked out of that with uh, ordination to be able to preach in the Salvation Army Church. And we've been doing it ever since. And we've, we've been all over uh, different places. Uh, and we love doing it. And Christmas time is the craziest time for the Salvation Army, as you probably are aware. Uh, and, and, but we just love it. We just love that ministry. We love being able to help people. Well, I love, okay, that is a great way to start this conversation <laughs> with that story. Now, I think I have an understanding, but I, I, I you know, in case I don't, right. what is the primary focus and goal of the Salvation Army? Well, the Salvation Army's uh, primary goal is to impact the world for God. Okay, right. And that's, that's that sounds crazy. But that is what we are here. The problem is, is that we don't want to just preach. We want to be holistic. And so uh, there's all sorts of scriptures that support the idea of we need to give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus Christ. So our love for Jesus compels us to help our fellow man. 
And what we hope is that in us helping our fellow man, that they will then become hungry for more than just the food that we're providing or the utility assistance we're providing, whatever it is that we're helping them out with. Our hope is that they'll say, wow, you've got something that I would like to have. What is it? And then we can enter in that, uh, that conversation. However, because we are compelled by the love of Christ to do these acts, they're with no strings attached. You, you, you know, none of this, I uh, used to hear about the old missions that, yeah, you can spend the night, but you got to go to the church service or whatever. None of that. We help people without discrimination. We don't care where you come from, how you dress, what your lifestyle choices are. We don't, we don't care what accent you have. I mean, you know, I'm not from low country. You can tell them accent. We don't care. <laughs> we love you and we want to help you out. And once again, because, because the love of Christ compels us to do that. I, th- Captain, this is awesome. Okay, so now share with me like the history of the Salvation Army because I don't know uh, uh, if that's well known out there. So like anything you could share with me on like the history of the Salvation Army, I think would be great. Well, I'll give you the the quick Salvation Army 101. So uh, uh, back in the mid 1800s during the Industrial Revolution in London, England, things were really bad in London. I mean, horribly bad in London. Uh, We have stories of people renting a flat, one-room flat, 20 people living in it. They were sleeping, standing up. I mean, it was just a really, really bad time. And if you watch, like, the movie Oliver, it gives you an idea of how bad it was for the poor. The rich were okay, but it was really bad for the poor. In that, enters a man by the name of William Booth who uh, had been raised with some affluence and things had gone badly for the family. And and so at one point, he he went and apprenticed at a pawnbroker. But at the same time, he started preaching. He had, he had been uh, saved as a, as a young man, uh, and he wanted to preach as well as whatever this vocation or this job was. So uh, he, would, uh, do, uh, he would do some preaching around the area as well as being an apprentice to the palm cover. Well, over time, uh, in about 1865, he was walking down the street. And uh, there was a group that was doing street ministry out in front of the Blind Beggar Pub. It's still there today. If you're in London, you can go stop there. There's actually a statue of William Booth just down the street from the pub. And he said to the, to the preachers, can I say a word? And they said, sure. And so he started preaching. And it was wildly effective. A lot of people came to, to Jesus in that meeting. Oh, wow. uh, and, and, and so the guys that were like doing the street ministry said, dude, they probably didn't say that. <laughs> but they were like, can you preach for us? Uh, the New Connection Methodist uh, Church, they were saying, can you preach for us? And he says, yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so he started street ministry, and and he was a victim of his own success. They came to him after uh, a time, and they said, you know what? You're bringing more people in the church than our churches can handle. Hmm. We want you to just go be a parish minister somewhere. Stop doing the street ministry. And he says, no, God called me to street ministry. If I can't do it with New Connection, I'll find another way to do it. And so he started his own organization. He called the Christian Mission. And he started doing full-time street ministry. And two, well, three things that sort of came out of that. One was uh, there was sort of a, a, a fringe group that started the military trapping stuff. And he, he heard about this and, and thought it was interesting. But uh, uh, at, at one point at one of their conferences, someone wrote a little flyer and says, the Salvation Army is a volunteer, I mean, sorry, the Christian Mission is a volunteer army. Okay. And, uh, and his son, who was right by his side this whole time, Bram Wilbur, 
He says, Dad, I don't like that. And he says, why? He says, I don't like volunteer army. I'm a regular or I'm nothing. Okay. And William Booth thought about it. He scritched out volunteer and he wrote above it, salvation. <laughs> the Christian mission is a salvation army. Well, it didn't take long before he chartered the Salvation Army as a church. And instead of being the general superintendent of the church, he became the general of the Salvation Army. Uh, And that's how we started. Now, the next thing that came out of that was his time as a pawnbroker. He saw the impact that the Industrial Revolution was having on people. And he actually said to Bramwell, his son, son, listen, I preach. I go out there and I preach. And people's tummies are are rumbling louder than my words. We need to do something about that. Son, take care of that. And that literally was the basis of our social services branch. So uh, Bramwell started uh, getting getting food for people. He started finding groups of salvationists who would volunteer to go help people clean up their house whenever they, they got into a really bad situation. In fact, uh, the one of the old slogans of the Salvation Army was soup, soap, and salvation. So we'd help you get fed, we'd help get you cleaned up, and we'd get you saved. So that was sort of that whole focus. Now, uh, with, that has grown into an international yes. movement uh, yes. over 150 years now. Uh, we are all around the world, over 136 countries that we're in right now. Oh, wow. And, of course, the Salvation Army United States is one of the strongest. We're in four corporate areas, basically the four corners of the United States. We are in the corporate area called the United States South, which is basically Texas to Washington, D.C., all the way down to the tip of Florida. Okay. We're a big, big region, one of the largest territories, is what we call them, in the world. Uh, and. Uh, we broke those up into regions. So we're in the North and South Carolina division. Okay. And Charleston is a strong member of the that's wonderful. South Carolina division. So yeah, that's kind of how we got where we are. And those same things are driving us today. We still want, we want for people to, to know about Jesus. We want that. But we don't force that on anybody. So what we do instead is we, we, help, with, um, we help with utilities. We help with rent. We help with food. Uh, we have a food pantry. Uh, we're partners with uh, the food bank, and we, yeah. we we have a food pantry. We also help out our folks that are living unhoused uh, that just need something that they can just pop a top and eat. So they'll come in in the morning. we got a hot cup of coffee. We usually have some sweets there for them, and then we'll pack a bag that will get them through the, through the day. And then uh, on the weekends, we try to pack enough to get them through the weekend. Uh, we also do, when it gets cold, we have we try to have a stock of jackets. We can help out our blankets. Or, so we're doing all those things. We also have a Boys and Girls Club over in the uh, West Ashley area. So we have an after-school program that runs during school. In the summer, we do a day camp. So those are all things that we're doing because William Booth decided to do street ministry and to help people out. Oh, it just takes one person, It right? takes one person. So can you share with us a story or a couple? Because I know that you you have great stories of of like the impact that the Salvation Army is making here in the Low Country. Well, one of my one of my favorite stories, and and we're going to talk about this more in the future. Even though William Booth said, uh, Bramble Booth said, I'm a I'm a regular if I'm not nothing. The Salvation Army really is a volunteer army. We can't do it without the help of volunteers. And one of my favorite stories of a volunteer, uh, we had we had this young lady who was who was. Uh, challenged in her life. We're not sure exactly what all the challenges were. She had a beautiful little girl and and she would sign up every year for Christmas help. And she was single. She really didn't have much in the way of income and we were always happy to help. And so we knew that when we set an appointment for her, she was not going to make the appointment. 
So we would just sort of be prepared for that. And sure enough, this one year, she did make the appointment. In fact, I was sad that year because I always got to spend some time with her daughter when she was coming to get her Christmas goodies for the for the family, you know. But uh, I was I had already left. It was it was after hours. She hadn't shown up, and so they're calling around. They finally get a hold of her, and she says, "Yeah, I'm on the bus on my way here." And so she gets there, and uh, they're they're taking care of her daughter, and they realize she has just walked. I, I know this is crazy, but she had walked through the snow. We don't get a lot of snow. Yeah. But she had walked through snow to come to this. And, uh, and one of the volunteers looked at her and she says, you don't have shoes. You don't even have socks. And she goes, well, yeah. And she, get, she didn't have any good reason for that. But, you know. And so the volunteer took her shoes off and gave them to this young lady so that she would have shoes to wear. Oh, and it incredible. was funny because I did get back in time to help wow. that lady get in her car <laughs> without shoes. She wasn't going to walk through the snow. <laughs> but I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what, what an incredible opportunity you get to see front yes. line of people in the community helping people in the community. And that's what we do. We just we I, I, I say this all the time on uh, when people talk to me about it. I said, you know, we produce nothing tangible. We don't make cars. We don't grow crops. We don't make TVs. We don't make clothes. We do nothing tangible, but what we do produce is hope. And we do that by channeling the good from the community, people that want to help, to the people in the community who need help. And so we do the hard work of helping to find those people yes. and vetting them and making sure that that there are people that really could use the help. So that's, that's what we do. That's powerful. <laughs> that's powerful, Captain Mike. Uh, so, Okay, like I know November and December are really important times of the year for the Salvation Army. Uh, you know, can you can you share with us like how important those months are? Because sure. I think that's important. Well, everybody knows that we have kettles out. Uh, they'll see the people out ringing. That's going to start uh, the end of next week. You'll start seeing some kettles out. Yes, I know it's before Thanksgiving, but we, we go ahead and get people used to the fact they're going to be out. Uh, and it also gives us some time to sort of work the kinks out of the system. So thank you for being patient with us for getting out early. Uh, but we'll be out the end of next week, uh, and you'll see people ringing around. And it's funny because you also know we do Angel Tree, and we get gifts for kids, and, and we help we help that, that way. And uh, we partner with the community for all of this. So we ask people to help us get gifts for the kids. We ask people to volunteer to help us because not all kids get adopted necessarily. We put all those tags out. Some of them get lost. Some of them get forgotten, whatever. But we make sure that everybody gets a good Christmas. Uh, and there are folks in the community that volunteer, that I'm sorry, that donate toys and stuff as well. So yeah. uh, we, we really get to engage that way. And so we have a volunteer opportunity there. But we also uh, do our kettles and we have volunteers that stand kettles as well, some paid employees that stand kettles. So those are big things, but a lot of people don't realize that Kettles is our single largest fundraiser of the year. Oh, wow. We make more money at Christmas time than we do probably everything else put together. And that doesn't help just the Angel Tree program or just our Christmas programs. That actually helps people throughout the year. That ongoing homeless ministry, that ongoing uh, rent and utilities and all that, all that money helps to make sure that we can keep our doors open and keep doing what we're doing. So yes, the Christmas season is a huge event for us. It, it started with uh, applications at the end of September, beginning of October, when folks came in and applied to come and, and get, get uh, help. 
Then we get, uh, we create all those angels and we get them out to all the places in the community. You'll see them at North, Northwoods Mall, uh, at the Walmarts, uh, MUSC has yeah. a bunch on their, on their trees. Uh, companies take angels, that's like, we'll take 30 and we'll give them out to our employees. Uh, we have several great partners that way in the that's community. Uh, and then uh, those, all those toys start coming back. Yeah. And one of the things we have to do is then sort all that and get it to the family groups. <laughs> Because some people will take a whole family and some people won't. You know, you have five kids, you got to get all their bags together. And we also want to make sure that uh, even though we have really clear instructions on there, what to do and what not to do, sometimes people miss steps. Yeah, so we just make sure that everything's okay. We can't have batteries in bags. I know we, everybody wants to put batteries in bags, but we can't do that. There are all the problems they've had with batteries. And we can't have wrap gifts simply because we don't know what's in a wrap gift and we're not going to hand it to somebody else and find out it was not. Yes. not appropriate for that child or for that age group or whatever. So, so yeah, there's a lot of work in oh, receiving sure. those, getting them sorted. And then we spend a couple of days just giving that out. So there are volunteer opportunities all throughout there as well as bringing the bills for us. And those, those things have already started. The kettles will start yes. next, next week, but angel tree has already started and we'll have volunteer opportunities all the way till Christmas Eve. That's incredible. I, okay. And so, I, I love asking this question because the answers that I get are just incredible. So, no, I mean, I, I set the bar low for you there, Captain, but <laughs> let me let me go here. Okay. If you could leave an impression with our listeners and me, for that matter, because you've already left a massive impression on me okay. about the value of giving back to the community, well, what would I, that be? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. So uh, I've already said, you know, we, we produce nothing tangible. All we are is a conduit. But let me tell you some of the things that Conduit has done. Last year, uh, in our last reporting year, we served 3,445 people. That's a pretty big number. Uh, this year, just for Christmas alone, we're going to serve uh, over 1,500 kids, over 800 families. And when you add in the other members of those families that will be impacted by that gift some way or another, that's uh, so over 2,000 people just in that event alone. Uh, we, we provided over 3,200 meals last program year. We distributed over eleven thousand gifts at Christmas time and other times throughout the year. This is just this is just here, just in the Charleston Tri County area. We are the Salvation Army of Berkeley, Dorchester, and Charleston counties. Yes, the Salvation Army of Charleston, South Carolina covers all three of them. I like to say the Low Country, but then there are people argue with me and say other counties are in the Low Country. <laughs> but I, I think we've got the Low Country pretty much tied up. Yeah, you do. Uh, and we did uh, over three hundred and forty energy assistance. Um, vouchers last year where we were able to help people keep their electricity or the gas from being turned right. off, maybe get caught up on some bills because life events happen. Uh, so, and, oh, I'm sorry, we, we distributed over 11,000 gifts. We distributed over 13,000 toys last year. 13, so 11,000 gifts are clothing or other articles that we give to our homeless folks or our, you know, our folks that are unhoused or, or you know, any of those yeah. uh, kinds of, of engagements in the community. So we you know, Christmas is our big engagement. This is when we really yes. can make an impact, but we're making that impact year round. And, uh, and of course, you know, we, we also roll on disasters. We haven't had a big one here for a while, but uh, yes, yes, I, I keep saying, Lord, while I'm here, let's not have any. That's right. Uh, but uh, the last big hurricane that came through, we actually, us partnering with the Baptist men, took over the kitchens of the Coliseum and, 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 made food for shelters and for first responders mm. to keep them going yeah. during that time. Uh, we go in and serve at the EOC when it's activated. So, I mean, we're, we're doing stuff 
all the time, and you just see us in a few key, key times. That's right, but there's a lot sense. of work that's going on behind the scenes. It's not like there's elves that are taking those gifts and, and doing all the work. <laughs> right. No, that's the Salvation Army that's getting to work in there as well. And that's our employees, but it's also our huge army of volunteers. Uh, yes, the, well, the volunteers. I think that's a good segue. You know, if someone wants to get involved with the Salvation Army, either by volunteering, donating, or even joining, like... How, where would they even go to like learn more about taking that kind of well, stuff? Well, if you just have general questions, you could call our main office at 843-779-5859. Uh, there's usually someone there who will answer the phone during office hours. Uh, we do, uh, we've sort of ironed out some bugs with our voicemail system, so if there's not someone there, you can usually get to someone and we'll get your message. Uh, you can also write us at charlestonsc at uss.sabesharmy.org, which is, I know, very long, but... Uh, that's 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 where our email address is, and these are the keys for volunteering. These are big. If you want to be an Angel Tree volunteer, then uh, you go to S A Charleston, which is pretty easy to remember. S A Salvation Army S A Charleston dot I volunteer dot com, okay. and you'll see the different dates and times that we have available, and you mm-hmm. can just say. I would like to volunteer. And here's the beauty. Uh, I, I just want to make sure this is clear because I don't know everybody gets this. You go in and it says, you know, here's an hour or two hour stint that you can you can volunteer for. Well, if you're like, hey, I just want to go spend the day, just grab one from each time period in the day and say, yeah, I want to do, boop, boop, boop. there we go. Yeah. And then you'll get an email to remind you we'll be, in, we'll be back in touch. Uh, and there's ways on there to also get in touch with us. But if you have our phone number, you can always call if you have to get clarification. If you want to help with the kettle season, uh, that's registertoring.com. Okay. You just go there. You type in your zip code. It'll tell you uh, what area, what places around you you can ring at. And then you just pick one. And once again, you'll get two-hour segments of a day. Yeah. Okay, I want to I want to ring kettles on this Wednesday. Okay, you can take just two, you can take four, you can take all day, whatever you would like to do. Uh, just click them in there, you'll get an email. Uh, that one, I think, if you put a phone number in, they'll even text you and remind you, hey, you know, you said you're going to ring today, we just want to make sure you're ready, yeah. uh, which is good for me because, you know, I forget things. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> to that age. Uh, you can always keep up with us at, um, at, um, on Facebook at our facebook.com slash S.A. Charleston. You, you remember that one from before. That's right. And then um, also, if you just go to uh, www.sacharleston.org. Okay. That's our main website, and a lot of that information is out there as well. So those are all ways that you can get in touch with us or see what we're doing and engage with us. And I, I would say, I mean, there was a, that was a lot of different ways that they could get in touch, but I love that you wrapped it up by saying sacharleston.org. Go there, and there's going to be a lot of that information there exactly. as well. So, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that was the captain, Mike Michaels. I'm your host, Jason Noble with Queer Picture Cares. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Please reach out. The link below is going to be to go to sacharleston.org. You can go there, and if you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, check it out. Go to the website. Let's see what we could do to help serve those that serve our community. Thank you so much.